Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the fourth season of the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is headed to Italy to speak with Anthony Trahea. Anthony is a juggler, speaker, life coach, and writer. His latest book, Meeting Life, Lessons from a Young Juggler, is coming out now. So hello, Anthony, and welcome to the RV. Hello, Lucia. It's really a great pleasure to be in your RV with you today. Yes, I'm super happy to have you here, Anthony. And I have so many questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, so you are originally from London and now live in a rural area near Rome. What do you like the most about living there? Oh, um, well, I don't want to make p- comparisons with England, right? Because it's there's uh, good things and it's all it's a bit of a balance, right? But mm-hmm. for me personally, I like that I can grow fruit on trees and uh, vegetable grow well and 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 also the blue skies. A winter's cold. Um, sometimes it might be colder than England. Um, I I just like it. I I just really enjoy it. And um, sometimes I think we enjoy being in in another country from where we were born. You know, Mm -hmm. it gives us some sort of bit more freedom somehow to be ourselves. Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. (laughs) And how did you end up in Italy? Okay, this is a really long, um, long question, which Mm -hmm. um, I go a little bit in in my new book. But um, curiosity... Lucia, curiosity. I wasn't looking for work. I wasn't looking for a wife. <laughs> you know, I was just, I just wanted to know and explore and see and uh, and um, and absorb culture. And um, yeah, that's, uh, and I ended up in Italy. Just, I ended up in, um, in Torino in 97, mm-hmm. in uh, Turin in 97, and it was getting winter time. And I started to go down towards south. So I traveled through uh, through Italy and I ended up in Rome. And I met lots of jugglers there and I felt part of a community. And um, and so I stayed. So I stayed in Rome for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And can you speak Italian? Yes. Yeah. That's a good question, though. Know? And I like to share this. This this is quite a funny thing. Huh? I think one thing was like I didn't want to be like um, other English people that don't speak very well other languages. and. 
I want to say something in their favour, eh, English people, because everybody wants to speak English to you. If they see you struggling, um, they help you out and they want to practice their English. And at one point I had to say, sorry, guys, I just want to speak Italian now. So I became like a baby. You know, I could hardly speak at all. And I met another guy and he said to me, Anthony, what I've seen, if you don't learn a language in two years, you'll never learn it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, you get by with your errors and your mistakes and you can understand more or less. So this, um, yeah, this gave me some motivation. And it's a very good feeling. Yeah. After 18 months, I remember going to the cinema and understanding it. And that for me was like, wow, you know, now I can understand a film and it just felt so good. Yeah. And Anthony, your first book is entitled Pearls of Juggling. Yeah. So how did you first discover juggling? Right. Um, this is a beautiful story. And um, well, basically, for, for me, juggling was like one of these impossible super human feats right it wasn't for me i wasn't good at sports at school you know that's what uh you know there wasn't any really encouragement for anybody who has like sort of different interests in school as if you like football rugby or you don't um so anyway so i when i went to university there were some people in in my flat who um who could juggle and um one day i just picked up three balls and um i said okay i'm gonna try now and uh, tried for a little bit, and then it started to work. And um, this for me was such an incredible moment. It was, it was like I, I felt like I could do anything. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like um, it was like if I can do this, I can literally do anything. It's like what they've told me about natural talent. It's, it was just it was just not right. You know, so um, so I just got really excited about juggling. I learned all like so many tricks and I was dedicating hours and hours and when I was at university I was studying and then juggling and studying and then juggling and and um and um yeah and, and then well well this is a long this is it, it came juggling has been part of my life for a long time I always encourage people to find somebody that can teach you or find a YouTube video and try it even with socks for build with beans you know because it's it gives you so much more than you can even possibly imagine because you have to let go. You have to let go when you do three, you can't, your mind just get baffled because it can't, can't see where all the balls are going all the time. So you have to throw and you let go for a second. And this letting go is just, um, just feels amazing. Yeah. I think also that juggling is good for our brain as it involves eye hand coordination. So basically yeah. I tried to juggle with three balls many times, but I couldn't do it. Oh, if we meet sometime, I'll teach you, Lucia. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. There's some things you can do in partners as well to make it easier and just to get the feeling of it. And you can do things on the floor as well. And it's just getting the pattern going. And um, we're very worried about it. A lot of us are very worried about it. So it's sort of, you know, we go into this um, freeze mode where we stop breathing and this, uh, it's very pronounced in, in juggling this fact mm -hmm. we're holding our breath and that stops the learning process. But when we get through that, it um, gives us a lot. Mm. And how many balls can the average people juggle at once? Only two, I believe. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say. 
Yeah, and um, well, this is getting very technical, but two balls, sometimes it gets in the way of learning three because we get a pattern that we have to break to be able to get three balls going. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And Anthony, your latest book is called Meeting Life Lessons of a Young Juggler. And it has an RV on the That's right. That's right. I'm obviously curious to know why did you choose an RV? Because it was like I I met different people, but there was a particular um, French couple that we that um, I stayed with this friend I was traveling with. Um, they let us stay in their van with us, and we had had such a good time in their in their in their van, and it. And a lot of the time in, in this book is is this track this travel that I did right, and um, I um, I was going by backpack, but it was just this this affinity with with um, it just was just a perfect symbol for the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always dreamed about having my own RV and mm -hmm. go around, and the idea behind this podcast is as if I'm going around and give a ride to people and learning yeah, about yeah, it's the a beautiful um... concept and that's what happens you know and this is what happened in this book it's full of encounters full of the most extraordinary encounters people that you wouldn't just you wouldn't meet if you're just in your like cubicle world um mm -hmm. work uh, and then you have your holiday period you just don't there's just people that you just don't ever meet so you don't you don't get these rich points of view that people that um have lived in nature And people have lived on the street as well, and and um, yeah, it, it was very important this whole trip, and this is why I, I I decided to put it together into book, not because people have to do quite such an extreme adventure, let's say, but just life is an adventure, Lucia, and if we say yes to it and we open up to it, and we understand what it means to grow and to learn and to do new things, do things in a slightly different way, you know, or um, what else is there? Um, doing things just because we, we love to do them, just something that excites us with no real reason. Um, this is, this is adventure for me. This brings us into adventure, brings, brings back our vitality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And traveling can change our way of seeing people, seeing different cultures. How, Has traveling changed your way of seeing life? When you meet people and you're in need and they help you, it just gives you um, trust in humans again. I would say it, it, traveling has given me a trust in, in humanity. Perhaps sometimes I'm a little bit naive, um, but I prefer to be naive than like overly skeptical. And can you tell us more about this book? The, the third, my pearls of juggling. Let me say a little bit about pearls of juggling very, very briefly. There's, there's a book by Dave Finnegan. He wrote several books on, on juggling. And one of his last ones is called The Zen of Juggling. And um, basically in this story, he takes these people, these uh, jugglers, they come to a master in Taiwan or some Asian place and they learn life skills through juggling. So he's teaching them to perform But at the same time, he's getting into them and um, and they have incredible transformations. And I read this book and I was already teaching jugglers. And I said, I want, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to take jugglers on a, on a voyage where they are um, 
where they have this sort of life transformation. And um, so I started studying all sorts of things. I went really deep into yoga and meditation. And, and it's still an incredible part of my life. And um, and so at one point I went to, um, I'm like making it very short here, but I went to a physical theatre school in Switzerland, three-year physical theatre training. It was really tough, eh? It was amazing. And I learned really a lot of things. And um, so I realised that with these residential retreats I was holding for jugglers, that I had my own special um, sort of path, you know, where, where it was combining um, yoga philosophy, physical theatre and juggling, of course. And um, so Chappelle's of Juggling is really a really very rich manual of how to go from a technique to an art form. Um, I saw that there was a lot of um, difficulty for jugglers, and I think everybody generally, to to see how how can I access art, how can I access creativity and expression. It seems to elude us. It seems to be something um, that we either have or we don't have. And um, in in Pearls of Juggling, I show that step by step, um, we can come back to to an art art form, and it's essentially. In very brief, um, very briefly, it's going back to bit to feeling a bit more than doing, mm -hmm. you know. And um, this, lots of people say this. I always find it, it always makes me laugh. You know, we're not human people. We're not human beings anymore. We're human yeah. doings. <laughs> <laughs> and this is funny. Eh? This is funny. But it's uh, but it's um, it's a real thing to be rather than to do. It means that we're very present with what we're doing. We're very aware. Uh, we're giving it care and attention, and um, and uh, yeah, it turns into an, into an art form. Juggling, right. then. yeah. Mm -hmm. I always admired people who can do this, and I don't know if it is hand-eye coordination skill or just a natural talent. Yeah, it's um. There's lots of reasons why people go into juggling. There's really lots of people. There are people that are very introverted and they find some way that they break out of the introversion. A lot happens a lot. And there are people that are very sporty and they see it as a, as a huge challenge. And there are people that um, they want to dance and it just helps them dance, you know, because it becomes the expression of our movement. We don't have, we're not so self-conscious just about moving our body about. We have these balls and, and props that we throw around. So I would say these sort of three things are, are why. Uh, and... Um, it's really it is a meditation juggling in the end and uh it looks really funny eh? there's these great big um conferences conferences they're called um conventions sorry they're big juggling festivals the european one has between five and six thousand jugglers you know all juggling and uh they're really really incredible events um last year actually it was in tres cantos in um, near madrid next year it will be in ireland and and in my in meeting life this is how I, it all started off. I went to um, I went to travel to a European convention, juggling convention in France, and um, I got on the airplane and I was telling all the stewardesses I've never been on an airplane before, <laughs> and they were sort of like saying, "Oh, don't worry," and I didn't want to be worried. I wanted to I wanted to share like my joy of being on the airplane, right? And um, I look out the window when we're up a little bit, and I was just amazed. I go like I was like. Why didn't anybody tell me it's so amazing up here? Um, and then my next thought was, 
I'm going to cancel my return ticket. There's no way I can go back um, in like 10 days time or something. So I was with a friend of mine and he looked at me like I was crazy. I I, I literally, as we landed, I canceled my ticket. <laughs> you know, I had to go to a desk and there was no apps or internet then. And then I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I was shy and I hooked, hooked up with a guy and we started performing together and then he left. And before he left, he said to me, Anthony, don't worry, you're going to be on your own. The worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to die. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was strangely comforting, Lu- Lucia. You know, it was just what I needed. You know, I think worse things can happen to you than dying, actually. But um, but uh, hey, then it kept me going. It's what I needed yeah. to keep going. Right? Wow, that was a super adventure. Anthony. Yeah, it was a stu- super adventure, really. Really, you've worked hard for what you have your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S. based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at lifelock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And I saw uh, that on your website, you say that you are a life coach with a playful approach. Yes. So what does this approach look like? Well, it, it's lots of different things. First of all, it's taking like, um, I mean, I don't think coaching is really heavy anyway, but it's making it lighter and making it seem easier, making our goals um, more fun. You know, we do, we're looking for the fun. I mean, why would you do something if it's not for fun? <laughs> you know, so I'm going to your like your motivations. What is your real motivation to do this? Is it because you think you have to do it or or it's really what is there another way to get to that? You know, it's um, and then there's a beautiful thing, um, beautiful um, process, Lucia, where it go through our play history. So where when we were very small, we used to do things. You would have done things as well. And those things that we did when we were little, they're they're the things that light us up the most when we're when we're adults as well. You know, when I was little, I used to do all sorts of like gymnastics with my friends. I was always like playing around and moving about and guiding them and taking them on little journeys. And I loved all this. And this is what I love to do now it is. Um, so it's, it's happened that people have become lawyers and then they're re- remembering their grandmother, how much they used to like making biscuits with their grandmother and then think, OK, I've got to make biscuits. And they change their whole lives, you know. So when we're children, we play. And um, that's what we do. Uh, and um, and when we're adults, there's a, a brilliant, um, well, there, there are a few spe- speeches on um, in the internet around play, but the one on Alan Watts, 
where he talks about work as play. I love it. I think it's brilliant. It's the motivation. Work is essentially, even the most difficult jobs, if they're done with what we have, um, I don't know even if people even do this much anymore, but they, but when people used to work, they would sing, they would be in rhythm, they would have rhythm with what they're doing um, in the fields. And um, this would just make the, the hard work lighter. And... Um, yeah, I would say this, and um, and there's another part of the of the um, of the 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 playful attitude, apart from being like an inspiring leader. If you're pl- if you're playful, it means that you're willing to um, accept you've made a mistake. You're willing to risk failing, um, and you don't care about it. You know you you know that doing that, you're inspiring others to take risks and make mistakes themselves. Um, otherwise, we just have people that want to do the best and, and it just, just gets a bit too pressure in there, right? Um, and then we have, um, <laughs> we also have, you know, like single people, see, let's say single men who want to date, date late. It's it's dating, it's all play, it's all, about, it's all flirting, it's all, and, and if you don't practice how to play with other people, um, you're just going to be really goofy and... Um, so yeah, it, it helps in all areas. Basically, be more yeah. playful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, connection. It's a lot about connection and relationship. Connection. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And Anthony, you said we fill out our lives with things we don't really care about. Yes. And yet, the things we care about get the short end of the stick. So, yeah, what yeah. do you mean by that? Well, we have a whole series of things that we think we have to do. On my website, I created um like a mini workbook called Burn Your To-Do List, right? And our to-do list, why do I say this? Because our to-do list is full of things that we think we have to do. And it's disconnected from what we actually want. You know, a to-do list, we write it because we want something, right? Um, let's take an example of cleaning a house, right? So a to-do list could be got clean this, to do this, do this, do this, do the bathroom, you know. But like, what is our ultimate game, our, um, um, aim there? Ultimate aim is to ha- live in a place where I feel at peace, where I have joy in my house, you know. So if I connect to that, which is actually what I actually want, then perhaps I don't need to do my whole of my to-do list. Perhaps I can find other ways of of getting other people involved in in the bigger vision perhaps i can even share the bigger vision you know i'm t- i'm saying to you um to clean your um to tidy your room or something other because i want to live in a house full of joy and um and the other thing is you know we have this thing really in our brains that first work and then play right there's always this but i've seen in so many times that if we start the day off playing dancing being silly moving our body connecting to other people laughing singing that we have energy that goes through the whole of the day you know we just bring some extra thing to it and um yeah we just inspire other people and we bring out other people's playfulness Mm -hmm. you know it's it's the more playful i am the more i help other people be playful yeah yeah and i'll tell you a secret yeah, please. When I wake up 
every single day. You know what I do. I dance for five minutes and then I'm ready to to start my day because I love dancing so much. And there is no one single day in my life that I don't dance. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. Living in a playful way, I think it you attract positive things, you attract good energy, you attract, I don't know, I feel as if this is my way to connect with the universe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of resistance to play because it comes a little bit more into our wild nature, let's say. So you can take it easy, find out how you play. You know, there's a book by Stuart Brown, play, a brilliant book. He goes through all sorts of play um, um, archetypes. Find out what it is that you really like to do and then start to do it, you know, piece by piece. Hang out with kids. Kids are beautiful. They teach you how to play. <laughs> yeah. And also time. Everybody knows that we can buy many things with money, but we cannot buy time. As you know, time is precious, and I love when you say that you are what you do with your time. I saw that yes, you exactly. wrote about it. Exactly. Yeah. So what message would you give to someone who says oh, they have no time to enjoy life? Yeah, it's difficult in a couple of sentences, because obviously, um, if you're really convinced you don't have any time in your life, then you don't have it. It's we get in a bit of a I mean, I'll just say a couple of things that come to me now. We 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 get caught up in this thing, doing doing things that we're not really happy about doing because we're not connected to why we're doing them anymore. So we end up tired and then we don't have any energy left to do the things that we really want to do. And um, and then and therefore we just do the things that we don't want to do. So then we become yeah we become rigid and perhaps bitter about it and um but if you want to find time and i'm sure i can help people find an hour a day to do what they want to do the thing is most people perhaps not your listeners (laughs) most people um if you said to them what would you do if you had an hour a day they would probably say they would say all sorts of things right now that's quite a quite a clear question of it's like if you had it your if you had it in your mind very clear what you would do then let's try and find time for it you know wh- where do we lose time we lose time all over the place just not being connected to what it is we want you know it's it, let, let, let's say uh, we want to be connected to our children and um and we take them to school and it's all a big stress in the morning uh to get all get them in the car and um and um and then we complain we don't have any time with them or but if we focus on i want to connect to my children then even that trip in the car could be we put on some music and we're dancing you know you know i don't think we make the best use of the time that we have we we're not we're not connected deeply into it when i don't have time at least if i go for a walk for 30 minutes it energizes me. You know what I mean? Yes. No. No. Exactly. This we need to realize that work and our to do lists are don't they never ending. So at some point we have to have a stop for it. 
because the mind is like a dog biting a bone, you know, it's, it doesn't want to let this bone go, <laughs> you know, and uh, why, um, I don't know, I mean, this is part of our brain, you know, it happens to me all the time, and I, and um, in this burn your to-do list that I was talking about earlier, I suggest to write some playlists down, and um and find just find these things that you, you like to do in 10 minute chunks and uh, when you feel that you're getting a bit heavy do something you know do do something as well that gives you a sense of completion in 10 minutes i mean even washing the dishes can be playful you know funnily enough it can break you out of this sometimes i'm with the vacuum cleaner and i'm dancing around yeah exactly exactly yeah we can dance around it or we could, we could just like dedicate ourselves completely like for 10 minutes i'm just gonna tidy up this corner of the room or i'm gonna i don't know is this we got there's loads of things that we love to do that uh that um this is it you know it's it's having them in in in, uh, in front of ourselves. What are the things I like to do that I never do? Oh, this did this, this. Okay, where am I going to put this in, in my day? You know, it, we because we schedule the things that we have to do and not the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this gets gets a bit more. It gets a bit. Um, I don't want to make anybody feel bad about it. It's just how how um, how things run, right? But we could we can change it. You know. But um, I've got enough time. It's tough, eh? It's tough, especially if other people aren't helping out. And... Thank you, Anthony. Are you currently working on anything you would like to share with our listeners? I organize um, a playfulness festival once a year in Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, now, right now, all my energy is going towards this new book. And um, I'll have all sorts of different programs and and. And all sorts of new things on my website coming up, um, all around playfulness and helping people enjoy their lives. And um, yeah, if anybody feels if anybody resonates with me here, then um, then check me out. You know, I just I, I love it. I've called myself now the playful catalyst, playfulness catalyst, and I like it. You know, that's mm-hmm. um, and I'm putting out lots of new like content on Instagram, just inspiring ways of of how to be more playful and uh yeah I, i hope to engage with some of the listeners listeners over there yeah i love it i checked your website and i saw that you have a very good content there and anthony could you please share your contacts with us so instagram is uh, the playfulness catalyst i think that's a great place to start and, and my website anthony Traher dot com it's a bit tricky to spell my name but it's in the notes for sure yes <laughs> I will. the playfulness catalyst okay and anthony our listeners will be able also to see you and learn a little bit more about you on our magazine the relatable voice so thank you for your presence thank you lucia thank you If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.